Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. We hear about being part of the community and how important it is, but how many of us feel a part of our own community? How many of us actually know who our neighbours are? There are so many different organisations that work within and for the community, some I've talked to on Friday Night Live before. Um, I'm going to talk now to Filza Fawad from the social business Catch22 to tell me all the work about the work that her organisation does in the community, and she's on the line now. Good evening, Filza. Hi, Clive. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. It's lovely to chat, and thank you for joining me. For anybody who's unfamiliar with Catch-22, it's a great title. Why? What, what, what is Catch-22, and why does it have that title? Perfect. Okay, well, um, Catch-22 is a not-for-profit social enterprise, a social business. Um, what that means is that it exists to serve people in the community. Um, and we have um, a very good understanding of the some of the challenges and the barriers that the community can face, um, you know, nationally. Um, and we exist to make opportunities accessible. We exist to make sure that people have um, a greater chance at life and, you know, better livelihoods through upskilling them um, and providing those services, um, you know, in a, in a safe environment. But why that name, particularly? Um, I would, I would love to answer that question for you, Clive, and I have asked um, why the name actually exists or how it came about. Um, from our history, it takes us back to 1788, and we started as, as the, the Philanthropic Society. Mm. Um, and along those sort of lines, you know, until 2022, um, the name has changed. Um, and I can't actually pinpoint out for you at this moment in time exactly. Mm, it's intriguing. Who said, okay, you know what? We're going to change our name to Cash Twenty Two now. Um, but yeah, I can, I can, I can still carry on doing some digging for you, um, and then maybe get back to you. Yeah, at, be interested um, at to know. I mean, the, the the phrase, you know, oh, it's Catch Twenty Two. It's kind of, you know, you can't do this without that, but you can't do that without this. That that that's its sort of, yeah. you know, definition in English language. So I guess it's derived from oh. that in some way. Tell me about your role within the organisation, Philza. Sure. So I am the the regional coordinator for the Midlands, um, and I um, manage a program called Creating Opportunities. Um, and it's creating opportunities which is funded and commissioned by the Home Office. And we deliver that in conjunction with um, the Princess Trust and Apprentice Nation. So my role is to oversee um, the operational side plus the delivery side. Um, and I manage a, a team of career coaches in the Midlands um, just to ensure that, you know, the um, young people are being supported and that we are also um, sticking to what we say. And is that young people in mainstream education or people that are with outside that outside that framework? So outside of the framework, creating opportunities exist for young people between the ages of 16 to 25 who are at risk of serious violence. Um, there are 11 sort of um, areas that were identified by the Home Office when we, you know, there was some research that was carried out before mm. a programme is funded. There was some research that's carried out into, you know, exactly which area needs what resources um, and out of the 11 um, local authorities three of the local authorities that were identified um, as needing this type of support for young people at risk of serious violence exist in the midlands 
um, Wolverhampton, Sandwell um, and Birmingham. So that's at risk of serious violence from within their own family, from perhaps from their parents or, you know, or anywhere? Sure. Um, all of that. So at risk of serious violence, when we talk about that, so we are talking about young people um, that may be affiliated with gangs. There might be some type of gang culture involved, um, even gang exiting, um, child sexual exploitation, child um, criminal exploitation, turbulence at home, there may be um, mental health difficulties, um, just um, sort of factors that go into making barriers, mm. you know, creating barriers for a young person. Um, so all of that at home, outside, in the care system, risk of homelessness, um, which obviously then um, indicates that they might be inclined to get, um, you know, involved in criminal activity, um, which is, you know, illegal activity to sort of even earn some money or earn some, um, you know, even um, a bit of accreditation on, you know. So, yeah, so all avenues are covered within that um risk of serious violence so if i was a young person and you know i was at risk or subjected to serious violence and you know would i be able to come to you directly would i need a referral from a third party agency and what would the kind how would you start that initial relationship with me that assessment and where would you sign post me on to amazing um so there are two ways that a young person um is brought to our attention, uh, the young person is able to actually self-refer on the website. Mm -hmm. So they can just go, they don't need another party to get involved, no other professional is needed. We've had lots of self-referrals that come through that say they're looking for jobs or a little bit of motivation, feeling a little bit low, um, you know, just a bit of um, direction with their career, not being able to sort of um, get into anything after school. Um, and the second avenue of referrals is through um, organisations such as the youth offending team, the care team, um, the violence reduction unit. We work quite closely with connections, um, you know, and also if a young person was in, a, in an alternative provision, for mm. example, a PRU, um, as well, we can, we can work with them too. Now, you've been doing lots of work in the black country, haven't you? Tell me about that. Yes. Um, we have. So Creating Opportunities started back in October. Um, so we have been reaching out to any organisation um, that will listen to us, really, um, to say, hi, we exist. We want to work with your young people. We've had lots of interest from uh, the Youth Justice Service. The uh, you know, There's a multi-agency approach um, to this, really. Um, and it's about sort of being present. So Sandwell Community School is on board with us as well. Um, and the work that has been carried out has, you know, has been around sort of making sure that young people see that there are other opportunities available to them, that, you know, things exist which they can get involved in, things that interest them, Clive, because it's really important that a young person is, is, is you know, involved in things which they feel a passion for. Um, and that's what Creating Opportunities does. It sort of explores the young person's needs, their desires, you know, where they sort of want to be um, and what we can do in terms of their career to, you know, start them off maybe on some soft skills or maybe just a simple CV writing workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will, of course, signpost them to other training providers in the in the local area too, but we work with them one-to-one. So my career coaches will work one-to-one with a young person to get them job ready or to even get them, um, you know, into back, back into education, uh, maybe a course, maybe something like an apprenticeship. Um, so there's lots of different avenues that we can go down. How do you measure your success, Filza, 
with this? Um, I mean, in terms of internal processes, we have loads. <laughs> um, but our success is about outcomes and about young people that continue to sort of engage with us. Our success is about, um, you know, measuring our successes about how many young people we do, um, mm. you know, place in sustainable opportunities. Not just the first thing that comes along, but something that's sustainable. That's and that, and to, that plays um, to their strength as well, yes, one assumes. exactly. Exactly, as I mentioned, something that they're interested in, something that makes them want to be involved. Mm. Um, and if I was to give you a time scale, then, you know, a young person that at least engages with six weeks is something that we would, um, you know, see as, as a success. Um, and it doesn't just have to be, um, you know, um, on the phone. The career coaches can go out and meet young people face to face. Um, and, you know, we can support them for up to um, six months once we have placed them in an opportunity as well. So, like I said, I keep, um, I love hammering this home, but it is about <laughs> sustainability. Yes. It's, it's about making sure the young person stays, enjoys what they do and are ready for the next step. Ultimately, we want to get them into employment. We want them to have a job, we want them to earn money, we want them to enjoy what they do and have a passion for, for what they do. And also be um, confident as well. Yes, be confident, be inspired, motivated, um, and, you know, feel, um, feel safe and happy. That's right. Yeah. Now, we've talked about these employability programmes. Uh, I mean, who do you, what other partnership agencies uh, do you work with in order to get young people into sustainable employment? Uh, you know, some people have relationships with large organisations, some people with, you know, with perhaps larger local firms. But sort of talk me through some of the, the sort of engagement that you have there. Sure. So um, on a local level, um, we work with lots of um, partnerships that sort of come on board. Um, I've just attended the national um, apprenticeship event, which happened in Birmingham on Friday. Um, and off the back of that, you know, we have had interest um, from the likes of um, VW and Jaguar, Remit Training. Um, you know, we've had um, work to ladder. We've got lots of apprenticeship availability, um, you know, partners that are keen to work with us. Um, Sandwell College is also one of them, also very interested in making sure that young people take a route that will, um, you know, lead them into something that's super, super sustainable for themselves. Um, so yeah, that's our, on our on our local level. But nationally, as you know, that twenty two is a national organisation which um, mm -hmm. operates from sort of Newcastle to um, you know Dover. Um, we have links with the likes of Salesforce, links with the likes of Microsoft, links with the likes of National Grid, um, and we are able to um, you know enable. Things like uh, FaceTime with CEOs, um, FaceTime with um, engineers, mm -hmm. the work experience, just making sure that people, um, the young people that are interested in these opportunities speak to the right people that are already in this trade mm -hmm. um, and can even help in terms of advocate for them um, to sort of guide them through as well. Because, you know, as much as we love to sort of um, feel and think and lead um, in terms of being the experts, um, you know, we also have people that are niche in their, in their, in their trade um, and experts in their niche trade that mm -hmm. are on board with us. Sure. Now, for example, uh, if a young person identifies with having a disability or perhaps English isn't their first language, under reasonable adjustments, how do you modify what your service delivery to, to meet their needs? Of course. 
Um, really glad you brought that up, actually. We very recently um, have actually put lots of things in place and all of our um, career coaches are trained um, on trauma, on neurodiversity, uh, just making sure that they, uh, are, you know, they are recognising the signs that a young person may display, even if we are, aren't aware of their disability. Um, so, you know, the, the training is there to making sure that we allow extra time, we allow extra support, emotional well-being, um, that's sort of needed um, in terms of that, you know, if we were talking sort of logistically for a young person that had mobility um, issues, we'd make sure that we would, you know, meet them in a place where they could get to, we'd arrange transport for them, or, you know, we'd, we'd meet them in a way that was best for them. So, you know, the program is always about putting the young person um, in the middle of it, it's, it's about being holistically, um, you know, personalised for the young mm. person themselves. Sure. So um, we do have young people that um, have additional needs and, you know, we, we do work with them and we, we do work with them well. Um, plus, we also have employers on board which are disability confident, employers on board which we can have um, an, an influence with in saying, you know, we need to make sure that if a young person um, needs routine that they are maybe placed in a in a job that is set routine set hours um and you know having those conversations and making things a little bit more accessible um as well if a young person um you know is living with parents or a legal guardian or or whoever wherever um how do you engage with them to make sure that support is ongoing away from the work that you do okay um so do you mean, sorry, in terms of home, home visits? Yeah, yeah, and, and things like that, you know, if, if, if a young person is living at home with, with parents or somebody else and that support is needed, you know, it has to be ongoing. It can't just be from, from you, you know, that that has to go on in, in somebody's life away from the work of Catch-22. So how do you oversee that and how do you um, engage with those other people at home, for example? Of course, I mean, we're, we're always happy to provide support for the family, as well in terms of home visits um at the moment the loan working policies just you know, so, sort of around making sure that we we are meeting with young people in 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 a, in a safer place which isn't home mm. but that's not to say that if there is a professional that was involved for example we have had um youth justice workers in the past or social workers um, and if there is another party that's involved then you know we're, we're happy to um you know conduct those home visits providing that risk assessments have been carried out but more than happy to just make sure whatever the young person sort of needs we allow that to happen Good. and we work best and of course making sure that parents are on board, guardians are on board as well as any other professionals that might be involved and it's about having that sort of two-way communication, um, you know, that's, that's the best way to support a young person really. We love that multi-agency approach. Yes, and it, I mean, I hate to use the phrase joined up thinking because I think it's a nonsense business phrase. But in this situation, I think that's relevant because, you know, you do have that joined up thinking between the young person yourselves and, you know, your partnership agencies as well. Well, for sure. I mean, for example, if I, um, you know, if I give you an example, we, um, we've had um, a, a couple of young people that have needed a little bit of extra support. Um, once they have been placed in, in with, um, you know, one of the one of our partners' skills training, um, and you know, if we didn't have that sort of support from one from the family key worker, um, and second, you know, from um, from from the parent, um, it would have been very difficult to sort of make sure that a young person stayed in that placement. 
Mm-hmm. But because we've got the youth worker involved, we've got the family worker involved, the parent is on board, as well as the, the training provider is on board, this young person feels very supported and there's very sort of little room, um, you know, for them to sort of think that there isn't anybody out there that will listen. Yes. Um, you know, it's about the young person really, it's about listening to them as well, but it's also about sort of encouraging them and guiding them. Um, and, you know, every single sort of professional adult in that person's life can provide a different um, viewpoint, you know. We can give you the best sort of advice about employability and where to go and what would be best for you. The skills um, training provider can actually train you up, but then your youth worker and your family worker can have a different relationship with you. They might be a little bit more involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And having that sort of multi-agency approach really allows us to make sure that young people just don't stick to the net. Sure, that, that, that's, that's an important thing, isn't it? Now, you say you're a national organisation. You've got five main hubs, haven't you? So uh, talk me through where those hubs are. So London is our um, sort of headquarters. Um, that is where we operated from. We've got um, three locations in London. Um, we are also um, up in Newcastle. We've got the NCS service that's predominantly sort of operated. Um, we have the Midlands as well. Um, we have the um, Northwest offices. So we, we work in conjunction with, uh, with Prince's Trust, I mentioned before, so mm. we're, we're able to use any of, of their offices as well. Um, Liverpool, we are based in too. Um, yeah, so um, all over the, the country, really. Now, you're a registered charity as such. I mean, how are you funded? Yeah. Because all this excellent work comes at an immense cost. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> So we have brilliant partnership um, managers and partnership directors who are always on the lookout for um, commissioning and funding. Lots and lots of funding um, of ours comes from, uh, you know, public funds. So uh, creating opportunities itself funded by the Home Office. We have uh, the NCS service, which is funded by the the Department um, for Education. Um, There was another program that I worked on previously, which was also another employability program, which was funded by private investors, private funders. So, you know, we we love to get the the word out there to say we deliver so many programs and we do such amazing work and anyone that will sort of see the value in that will, will invest in us. Yes, absolutely. Now, you were saying at the beginning um, that Catch-22 is a social business. For anybody who is unfamiliar about social businesses and how they operate, can you put some definition on that for me? Yeah. Um, social business, it basically means that everything that we earn, we don't take a profit. We, we aren't a multi-million sort of agency. Everything that we earn from the work that we do, we put back into our business. And it's about just making sure that we are expanding as an organisation, that we carry on with gaining more um, funding and commissioning, which allows us to deliver even more programmes in even more locations. So Catch-22 in the past um, obviously started, you know, um, in London, um, and that's where it's it's usually um, has been a majority of our work is down south. But... If in the sort of last three or four years, we've actually expanded. We've exploded, actually. Uh, you know, that's, that's the better word. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're in Manchester. We're in the likes of Liverpool. Uh, actually, we already exist in Liverpool. Um, and, you know, the Midlands, so Sandwell um, and Wolverhampton and Birmingham, we, you know, creating opportunities is brand new. We haven't really operated in this area before. Um, so, yeah, so all of, all of that, what we 
earn and make and do, we put back into the business to expand and to deliver even more um, good work in the local community. What would you say um, makes Catch-22 different from other organisations? And what do you do that's completely different, that's you, that's almost like you know, your unique selling point, if you like? Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. I mean, I mean, I'd like to just start off with saying that, um, you know, there are so many amazing organisations out there that do do lots of work, which we appreciate in terms of Catch-22. I think it's about our vision, Okay, so it's about sort of putting people in the middle of everything. So we go by the three P's, you know, people, place and purpose. Um, and, you know, we, we believe it's quite simple, like access to these three basic things is fundamental to transforming lives and communities. Mm-hmm. So all of the deliveries that you see, all the services that we actually deliver are basically, um, you know, based around these three P's. Um, and that's what we think is our unique sort of point. Um, in terms of hiring good people, making sure that people are happy, um, so they can make, be making sure that other people are happy, a good place to live, and having a purpose, you know, having something meaningful to do in your life is essential. Um, could be a job, an apprenticeship, education, training, could even be a social action project. Mm-hmm. We work on NCS, which is a, a program for young people 17, uh, sorry, 16 to 17, um, and that's all about social integration, you know, working and spending time with, with, with people that you are different from you that might not even look like you that you've never spoken to before mm-hmm. you mentioned the you know english um, um language not being the first language so you know it really sort of promotes that and pushes people together um so you know i'll definitely say it's our vision it's the colleagues that are on board and you know it's that vital work that we do that really makes us stand out where can we find out more information philza on the website right so, you know, if you just type in Catch22 um, charity or catch22.org.uk, um, everything is on our website. There's lots and lots of information. Philza Fawad from Catch22. Thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Clive. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.